happy Halloween, guys. Ooh. (laughs) I didn't realize we're doing the Halloween episode. It pretty much is a Halloween episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to Honest Tattooer Podcast, where we love tattooing. My name is John Messa, and I'm joined by Matt Triano. Hey, how you doing? Ryan Roy. What's up? And what's up, Hermes? On the couch today. What's up, brother? What's up? We're happy to have Ryan back. Dude, it's been a minute since we've talked to you. Yeah, you said it was, this is episode 45. Yes. Which episode was I on originally? I'm gonna look it up right now. I think it was like- It's like two. (laughs) It was low. Yeah, it was low. It was low. It was single digits. Yeah. For sure. Single digits for sure. And we had a completely different setup. Our lighting sucked. I was impressed at the time. (laughs) Look, you see that? And you know what's crazy? Anything that you start- doing you're gonna look back at what you were doing yeah. <laughs> you're like oh man that sucked and it's like now we're just so much more comfortable we find a system that works but it took the, all those first few episodes to fi- really figure it out and i think like that's applies in tattooing <laughs> and anything that you try to do and Definitely. you know it's but like most it's people aren't hard, willing to suck for a long time to get good and so you never get good. So I'm looking at our uh, Buzzsprout account right now. And it's a little dicey because we had a couple of episodes in the beginning that we didn't really, uh, we didn't air. Yeah. And then we had an episode that we aired just the audio, but not the video. Yeah. <laughs> but according to Buzzsprout, episode number five, January 30th, 2023. <gasps> Holy shit, 40 there. episodes ago. Oh, <laughs> wild. Damn. Well, I've been watching you guys grow very closely, watching the the clips and Instagram, listening, and it, it's awesome. I'm so stoked to get back and uh, c- carry on where we left off. And it's perfect that it's the Halloween episode because we're here to talk about the scariest topic of all. Slow season. <laughs> Winter is coming. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty scary out there these days. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about it. Obviously, you know, we work now and shit. I mean, 40 episodes. I don't know how long ago. Was that like seven months ago? So it was January 30th. January 30th. I mean, now I've probably worked with, I don't know, at least a hundred more people, at least if not more than that since then. And just seeing tattooers and we work with people outside tattooing as well, but 99% tattooers, just seeing all these different situations and, uh, you know, lengths of time in tattooing. And a lot of people struggle with a lot. It's all comes down to the same things. And we were kind of talking earlier about like, what's Mm -hmm. you're saying? Like, what's the, what's the secret? And it just comes down to systems like for everything. And I talk a lot about like money systems, but there are systems for marketing. There's systems for time. There's systems for money. And I know that I'm a flawed human being. So if I rely on my flawedness to get the important stuff in life done. Like I I'm relying on a flawed system. And so it's probably not going to get done. And if it does get done, it's probably not going to get done as well as it could. So that's what I was saying. I was like, I don't focus on, okay, how do I market myself better right now? I say, how do I build a system that will help me market myself better now and in the future? I think so many artists don't really um, look at themselves as a business and think of As a business, you need like a plan in every bit of it, you know, a financial plan, a marketing plan. Like, you know, you have to know who your demographic is, who you're trying to tattoo, who's your customer, who's your client, you know, like they just see themselves as like, I just draw flash and I tattoo it on people. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, that's part of the job and that's great. And And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like, what, 
what result are you trying to produce? Right. So if your goal is to, you know, be a six figure or multiple six figure tattooer, if your goal is to own a business, grow a business, have a family, have a family, <laughs> have, have time to do things yeah. other than tattooing. Yeah. Those are actually like big goals. Those are yeah, really those are big important goals. Things. And, um, you know, relying on a flawed system and I'm putting myself in this category because I'm a deeply flawed human being. Uh, I think part of, I think the reason I'm so obsessed with systems because I know how flawed I am and I just refuse to rely on me, myself and I to get my money managed properly to every day have to think about the way I'm going to start marketing this or that. It's like, no, 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 just have a routine and a system and support in place to make it as easy as possible. Like if you wanted to go to the gym every day and you had to wake up and figure out what am I going to put on and where are my shoes at? You know, it, it's going to be way, the chances of you getting your ass to the gym are going to be significantly reduced compared to if you put your clothes out at night beforehand, every night you have your shoes right there, ready. You have your gym bag ready to go. So you don't have to think about nothing. You're going to get your ass to the gym. And so I take that approach to all the most important areas of my life. Just planning. Planning. <laughs> have a plan. And then yeah. you're proactive instead of reactive. Yeah. And it's, it's, I think one of the hardest parts for people and this could save everything is, uh, when you're stuck in kind of a reactive loop around whatever it is, marketing, money, art, anything, um, you feel like I'm not going to get the result that I want immediately by setting up a foundation or putting a plan in place. So I'm going to like keep fighting for the, the quick win. And then you're just, you're constantly reacting. You're constantly exerting a lot of energy, but you're not really getting where you want to go. And it's like, it's like treading water, mm -hmm. you know? Meanwhile, you could, you know, go back to shore, build a boat and then figure out, and you'll get to the other side faster than the person that's just like treading water to, treading. Get, to get over there. Going back to what you're saying about being prepared and just <clears throat> having everything ready so that when it's time to go, you're, you're going and everything's easy. Just relate that to tattooing. If you have your drawing fully done, fully colored, everything is planned out when it's time to tattoo, mm. you know what you're doing. And now tattooing that day is super easy. But if you just have like a rough outline and now you have to figure everything out on tattoo day while you're doing it, you're going to struggle. Maybe not struggle, but it's going to be a lot. It just takes longer. It's going to take, yeah, longer, take longer to make all those decisions on the fly. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, you know, I'm guilty of that. Cause I like, I, I enjoy the process. Oh, yeah. I enjoy the that. process of, of doing that, you know, on the day of like, you know, like I find joy in that moment. Uh, but also I have to let my client know of my process, you know, beforehand, they know exactly what they're like. Yeah. A lot of this is going to happen with you here with me. You know, we're going to, I kind of like when they know? ask and they're like, so what's it, what's it going to look like? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You know what sucks? Like, I don't know yet. Because I, I am that guy that has the fully rendered, fully colored drawing. And I'll show that, to, I'll show the design to the client and they'll still be like, oh, so what's it going to look? Well, what's this color going to be? It's right here, dude. This is what right it's, going, it's going to look like this. This is what it's going to look like. Exactly. So it's like, you know, you have the opportunity to either do it that way or just be like, yeah, we're both going to experience this thing happen right before our eyes. Dude. And, and then you at the end, we're get inventive. Like if I, and I'm the same, I tattoo and I'll just get my rough outline. It never, never looks the way I think it's going to look, but 
if I did take the time ahead of time to plan it out, I know that it would go faster. It'd be easier and I can deviate from the plan, you know? Right. But the plan yeah. is always going to improve it. There's no way about, no, if ends yeah. that's, that's about it. Honest Tattoo is brought to you by Tattoo Armor. Literally the best way to wrap your client at the end of the day. No mess, no adhesives, and they are super comfortable. You can try it for yourself by going to TattooArmorUSA.com. They were able to hook us up with a 20% discount for our followers. Just use the code Honest Tattooer on your next order. So I think like you probably have more data on tattooers uh, financial <laughs> issues than anybody out there, man. Yeah, because one is people tattooers are not taking very good records, right? Yeah. And two, they're lying to themselves and everyone <laughs> about what's actually happening. And so the work I do is a really honest and safe place to have that conversation. You know, we're not, we're not doing anything. We're not selling no, people sure. like, uh, like, do you sell our information? No, I'm not selling your information. No <laughs> one wants to buy your information. First of all, second of all, no, like it wouldn't make sense. Like I want you to, there's very few places in the world where you can talk openly and honestly about money. And that's one of the most unique things that we offer people. What would you say it's so far, just give, give us one most common denominator right now when you see like tattooers that are like, man, why are these, all these people struggling with the same issue? Um, you think actually it's not just think it's, you feel like you have more money than you actually have. <laughs> yeah. And so your spending is directly related to your feelings. And you can look at that. You can look at like, you make a bunch of money, you feel good and you spend a bunch of money or you feel bad and you spend a bunch of money, right? Your, and this is just human behavior, you know, this is psychology, like you, the way you feel deeply impacts the actions that you take. And so when you feel like you have more money than you actually have, you spend like you have more money than you actually have. Yeah. What systems do when you start to separate and clarify and automate and take it out of your hands, you, you start to see the big picture and realize, okay, the money that I thought I had that felt like I had a bunch of money in this big pile is already spoken for in all these areas of my life that I said are the most important areas like that house I want to buy or retirement or dealing with taxes so that I can retire and buy that house or all of the areas, the vacation I want to take in a couple months. So as you start to spread it out and then what happens, and I tell everyone in my course this before they start on day one, I'm like, listen, you're going to put this in place and you're going to feel like you have less money than you actually have. And they're like, why the fuck am I taking this course? Like, it sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, look, you're going to feel that way. Everyone that goes through this feels exactly like that. And it can stop a lot of people. And they're like, oh, I'm, well, you, you have to push through that kind of uncomfortable feeling. But then you live in it and the whole system kind of falls into the background of your life. And all of a sudden your spending aligns itself with that feeling. And then they're like, I feel broker than I've ever felt, but I have more money than I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. But that's going to take time. You know, it's like once you like, you know, a system is not going to give you like instant gratification. No. It's going to take some time of you applying these new rules to your life to start seeing the benefits of that discipline. And, and that's really hard, man. But once it starts, once you get through that initial, like, I, you know, our, the course I lead is a, is a three month course. It's 12 weeks. It usually takes people on average between four and eight weeks to put 
the systems that we want them to put in, into yeah. place. It took me six years figuring it out on my own. It takes them four to eight weeks. And um, we've had, we had one guy save $50,000 in about four to five months mm -hmm. and, and pay off $20,000 of debt. And before this, he had never saved more than $10,000 in his entire life. That's crazy. Um, it was life altering, you know? Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, there is a period of time where you're taking action and you're not seeing results, right? That's a lot of stuff in life. Anything worth having in life is going to require that kind of investment of time, energy, money, where you're not seeing a return on your investment. If you're willing to be patient, and I always think patience is the most lucrative, um, I, I call it a skill because it is a skill that you practice and develop, practice patience. If you give yourself the permission to practice patience and put in the time and go through the discomfort, you actually will be amazed at how quickly it does start to bear fruit. Honest Tattooer is brought to you by Ink Maps, the ultimate tattoo app for tattooers. Upload your image and instantly read dominant colors and get precise color matches for any tattoo ink brand. You can mix colors, see how they look on your client's skin tone, and even explore value isolation and stencil creation. Compare brands, dive into color properties, and achieve perfect color harmony every time. Import your palettes into Procreate and Photoshop, plus conveniently attach projects to clients for future reference. You can simplify your tattoo process with Ink Maps. Download now and revolutionize your artistry. Use coupon code HONESTTATTOOER for 50% off your first year subscription. It's hard for people to see when it's when people exercise and have like a goal, you know, and they get stuck and they're like, man, I keep training hard and I don't see the results. Same thing when they're like working hard and they're putting away money, but they still feel broke, you know, and yeah. uh, until like later, you know, and it comes with time, but it's, it's hard for people to stay motivated onto their goals because they want that dopamine hit of like whatever it is that gives them that, you know, whether it is going out shopping, whether it's going out partying, whatever it is that your vice is, you know, you're going to go and spend the money on freaking action figures. Who knows? Magic the Gathering cards. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you firsthand from last time that you were here and speaking to us, talking about how you should automate your, um, your bank accounts and have different accounts for different things. So I started doing that and man, I'll tell you right now that at the end of the month, when I've got my mortgage to pay, I got my bills to pay, I've got my rent here to pay, every quarter I pay my taxes, all that's already put in place. And like every week I throw a couple of bucks here, a couple of bucks there. When it comes time to pay all those things, it's so much easier. I don't feel it. You don't feel yeah, it. You don't feel, feel it. it. You're it more feels aware so much nicer. of what your actual yeah. spending money is. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, that's the spending money. Everything else I can't touch anymore. Yeah. It's not my Yeah. Money. And you know, it, I say this to anyone out there hearing this, go and do it. Just get out while you're listening to this, open up another bank account and set up an automation uh, to once a week or once a month or whatever it is, take the action. And then there are people, and I, I know there are people that are going to listen to this and they're not going to do it. And they're going to be like, man, why am I not, why don't I just do it? It's so it's easy. And if the thing is, this, it seems theoretically easy and it, it technically is, but we still run into so many people that they, they still struggle to just do it. And that's when it, we have to like address that. Okay. The simplicity of the action that we're telling you to do isn't actually the core of the problem. The core root source of the problem is your relationship with money itself. And there's a resistance, there's an avoidance. There's a, just, a, a, we, I had this guy bud in the course and uh, he just said, he's like, you just feel irked out all the time. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you irked, you feel irked out by money. Do the Urkel. 
<laughs> and so that's another big part. And I, I'd say 90% of the people that I work with, they're like, yeah, I came in, I really thought I needed those systems and I did, but I had no idea that I needed a, a new perspective on money that really serves me because so many of us grow up with, you know, families, mentors, shop environments where there's like negative mindset around money. And it, every day you're on a slow drip feed of that perspective and it, it doesn't serve you. It doesn't help you. And so we, we have to like do some rewiring. It, it's honestly, I, I kind of look at it as like couples therapy between you and money. Yeah. So like you and money are married for the rest of your life the chances of you and money having a relationship are pretty good, right? Except you can't get divorced. I mean, you could go off grid, but even that requires money, right? Uh, so if if you ask yourself, okay, if I'm in a relationship with money right now, what is, how would I describe that relationship? You know, am I always wanting to know where my partner is? I'm like, where, where are you at? You know, <laughs> I thought you were here, but apparently you're not. Uh, you know, or are you like, are you, do you, do you love it when it's around? It's like this attachment, this codependent relationship, or when you're here, I feel great when you're not that relationship, again, your feelings, your mindset, your perspective on money has more to do with your long-term financial well-being than any systems at all. I, I, one thing I struggle with is like understanding why certain people still like feel like, man, nah, I want everything just cash. I, I feel like it's harder to hold on to. Like whenever I get paid just straight cash, I feel like that's, I can't keep track of it. You know, I had someone offer to pay me cash, someone who's in New York and they like wanted to do my course. And they were like, can I just pay you? I have the cash. I'm like, honestly, I don't even want it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's fine. Just, just take a credit card. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I feel like it's, it's made it to be a lot more organized to just do it, you know, but, and just, charge your taxes, like every business in the world, man, like just set up automatically. So they see it, they can even tip you through a system if you wanted to, you know? I mean, I get that, but I also absolutely hate it when people don't take cash. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't not take it. Between cash. Yeah. I would still take cash up, you know, cause I still. Yeah. I'm never going to argue for a cashless society. Like, are we heading in that direction? Yeah. If I'm honest. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm honest on the honest tattooer, like that's where we're headed. Um, so I, I feel like some people will see the work I'm doing. They're like, Oh, you just you know, want to pay the tax man. I don't want to pay the tax man. I don't give a mm-hmm. fuck about paying the tax man. I want you to be able to retire and buy a house. I want you to feel security and safety. And I don't want you to live like under this glass ceiling of like, Oh, if I make too much money, if I get too big, I'm not going to be able to manage it. And someone's going to find out and I'm going to get nabbed for something. Like, I don't want you to live with that fear that, and if paying your taxes means that you get all those freedoms. That's what I want for you. I agree. I agree. Like nobody that's doing very, very well is not paying their taxes. Yeah. <laughs> like, Except at a certain point and then you pay no tax. <laughs> no, but even, I mean, look, the wealthiest people on this planet, they're oh still paying tons God. of taxes. They, no. they are paying tons of taxes. Could they pay more? Of course. Absolutely. And they, and they should. And I'm, If I could do our economy the way I thought was a perfect economy. Yes. I would have, top 5% of earners in the country pay all the taxes and everyone else not pay taxes. And we could do it and it would work. Absolutely. I, I if I had an ideal way of doing it, that's how I would do it. And what percentage ne- of their tax of their income would they be paying taxes on? That? 50%. That's it. If they paid 50%, I mean, I've run the numbers. If they paid 50%, all everybody else's taxes would get wiped out. They wouldn't have to pay anything. I, I, I believe that you could probably make an argument for that. Yeah. Aren't they already paying like 47%? 
Yeah, but they have so many loopholes that they, the portion of it that they're paying 47% on is such a small portion compared to what they could be paying that 47% on. So that, and then I was going to say, I was like, dude, even if it's 47 and you move it to 50, you know, 3% out of like 250 billion is a lot of fucking money, bro. <laughs> like 3% out of $250 billion is a lot of money. Right. Are you here? Like there's so much stupid financial advice out there, but like <laughs> life insurance policies and people talking about like, um, oh, it's the infinite money glitch. You could just be your own bank. You oh, I heard those, that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that I saw stuff? that real. Yeah, yeah, it is, it, Yes, it works when you're a multimillionaire yeah. and you can overfund a life insurance policy that sees an average of five, 6% return year over year. And then you borrow against the return, the policy you're borrowing against. It's basically if you took a, an investment account and you made a million dollars and if you sold that money, you'd have to pay a fuck ton of taxes on it, even yeah. the capital gains tax. For sure. They don't have to do that. They borrow against that money and it's tax-free because it's a loan, mm-hmm. but it's a loan against themselves. an asset yeah, yeah, and against yeah. themselves. Exactly. And so there's all kinds of like, that's one way that a lot of wealthy people, but it doesn't work at a lower tier. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Big money, big yeah. money. It works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I was looking at the financials of the building that I live at and uh, they're in like, they did something kind of like that where they made this whole building. And then they uh, used some of the debt to get some more money and they're building another building. Right. They borrow, <laughs> they, This is what like house flipping or uh, house hacking, they call it. You yeah. Know, you buy a house, you pay uh, the mortgage on that house for two years. You let the house grow in equity. That growth, if you bought it for a hundred thousand and it grows to be valued at 50,000, that 50,000 is money you can use. Yeah. You never put that money in and yep. it never existed to begin with, but all of a sudden it exists. It exists. And you can borrow it at a low interest rate because the house is collateral. And then you can invest that in another property and do the same thing over, over. and over. There's so many games it's crazy. to play. And I know. that's when I, you know, it's like you look at a, ta- a master tattooer and you're like, man, how the fuck does he do that? And it's like, he knows the rules of the game and he's been playing the game longer than you. He's been more intentional about the game that he's playing and, and money's a game. That's yeah. it. It's a game. And I, there's, you can make all the excuses in the world and look, they're going to be justified. All right. You're, you're right about whatever your excuses you have. You're right. You're not wrong, but would you rather have excuses or would you rather take action to actually improve your situation? I don't any, and I make excuses. I complain about shit, but I catch it and I see myself I'm like, damn, that doesn't serve me at all. Where you place the blame, you place the power. For so sure. If I, blame you or I blame the system or I blame this. I've given all my power. I'm basically saying I don't have the ability to change my situation because of X, Y, Z. And in that moment, I've given all my power away. I would rather blame myself 100%, even if it's not justified. Life's not fair, but I'd rather just take the blame and say, I'm responsible for my situation. What actions can I take from there? Yeah, I agree with that, man. Completely. Especially, you know, sometimes uh, artists feel like they have to uh, change their circumstance of like, I can't do this because of X, Y, Z, you know, and sometimes they're right, you know, and it's like, maybe you have to change, you know, either who you're working around. Most of the time you are right. That's the problem. Humans, we love being right. Yeah. And you know what? You are right. You're right. But being right, you can either be right or you can be happy. You can't be both. Yeah. And I feel like, man, just keep, keep trying things until you figure out a system that works for you. And that makes you happy and delivers the results that you want. Yeah. But doing anything else is just stupid because then you're just wasting your time. You're going to be unhappy just being in that, like in that looking for something better all the time, but not really finding something where you feel like complete. Yeah. 
I always look, it's like, I'm looking for the big domino in my life or in that situation. What's the big domino? Not the domino by the end where I knock it over and just two dominoes. I want to find what's the big thing that if I spend my time, energy, or money focused on that domino, all the other things fall down. All those other parts of my life become easier because I focus on that one thing. And it might take more time and it might require some patience. And, um, but that's, I just keep every day I'm focusing on what's the big domino that 10, 20 years from now, I'm going to be looked back and be like, damn, I'm so glad I focused on that thing rather than, you know, trying to, because a lot of, a lot of people focus on trying to make more money. And this is what we hear a lot. People are like, man, I just wish I made more money. And I'm like, you make a hundred thousand, you make 180,000. We have clients that are doing multiple six figures. We have clients that are doing seven figures and they don't have money. It's the same problems. Just and they think, if they, think yeah. if they had more money, same problem, that, that would scale, somehow yeah. fix the problem. It's like, dude, your bucket has holes in it and you're just trying to pour more water in the bucket thinking mm -hmm. that that's going to help you out. And so let's get back down to the foundation that you're trying to build your life on top of. And let's, let's redo the whole foundation. Yeah. You could be drowning in debt, driving a Civic or drowning in debt, driving a Bentley, bro. Yeah. You're still going to be drowning in debt and feeling yeah. the same way, that same anxiety, no matter if you're, you know, in any point in your life, you know, whether you have a lot or have a little, but there's people that, you know, make a ton of money, but spend a ton of money. They haven't changed those habits. More money, more problems. Yo, for real. Yeah. <clears throat> so Ryan, uh, you came in here talking about slow season. Yeah. Slow season. What do you got some tips about that? Um, I do. I have some practical tips. Um, I have some perspective shifts that I think, uh, need to be said. And, you know, the, the, the Ryan's views are not the views of the honest tattooer. Like, <laughs> you know, disclaimer, uh, in case anyone wants to troll me, uh, for any of my views. Um, but you know, you hear a lot of, um, people talking about, you know, the tattoo industry is oversaturated. Let's, let's really look at that from like a bigger perspective. First of all, there's absolutely no way that the number of people that are coming into the market for getting a tattoo, there's no way that that number is growing faster than the number of tattooers. If you think about it, like okay. the people that are statistically turning 18 every year, they want to get a tattoo or, or something. Yeah. The, the guy that never got a tattoo and all of a sudden had this life event. And he's like, you know what? I think I'm going to get a tattoo. And he gets that one tattoo and all of a sudden he's covered in six months because yeah. it's addictive. Yeah. Right. If you think of all the ways that the market, I mean, if you, uh, they've done projections on this, I think the tattoo industry is a $1.8 billion industry, something like maybe 1.3. And over the next 10 years, it's projected to be over $4 billion industry. Wow. Potentially more. I think I honestly think those numbers are very underestimated because I don't think they have the data to the, the accurate sure. data to back it up. Um, so it, it's growing rapidly. It's it's statistically impossible just from a number standpoint, right? That now I don't now there are more tattooers and there's more competition. Yes, but every industry deals with it. If there's an opportunity right in the market, other people are going to try to take advantage of that opportunity. It's just natural, and I actually think. I don't think the tattoo industry is oversaturated. I think it's been undersaturated for a long time. I think it's absolutely, we've been lucky. I've been tattooing for 15 years. I've been very lucky to grow up in a time in tattooing's history when there wasn't a lot of competition. And when all you had to do was show up and stick a needle in someone and like you could get clients and it's been, we've been really lucky. We've been really fortunate. And now it's just kind of becoming like any other industry. It's just becoming normal. Yeah. You know, dentists don't complain about dentistry being oversaturated. Like everyone's got teeth. Yeah. 
everyone needs help, but there are definitely dentists that make more than others because what are they doing? They're focusing their energy on, well, okay, there's 10 million fucking dentists, but there's tons of clients out there. How do I get more eyeballs, more connection, more resonance with my potential clients? How can I niche down? So a lot of industries in very saturated markets are saying, okay, let me, rather than try to spray everyone with the hose, let me just spray this group of people. Let me tighten the stream and market towards them. And so if you have time to complain about how oversaturated the tattoo industry is, you have time to learn how to market your business. I think it's a, at this point in time, one, the mediocre tattooer is not going to grow his business. Mm -hmm. And also the lazy tattooer is not going to grow his business. But the honest tattooer? (laughs) Yeah. He's going to grow his business because that guy is at least honest with himself and knows what the fuck he needs to go to work on. Because like, you know, there's people that are amazing at, you know, tattooing or drawing. They're terrible at marketing themselves, you know? And I'm like, man. I know it feels good to draw because that's what you're good at. You're obviously amazing at, you know, doing this, but you're not, you're doing a disservice to yourself, but not trying to show your artwork to the world, you know? And now there's a lot more people out here that are willing and have the, the, the desire intention and are promoting themselves or, you know, creating strategies of how they're going to, you know, get their work out there for people to see it. And if you don't do it, those people are going to be seen and you're not. Do no. you know, do you know that company Inklink? Yeah. 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 Uh, I was talking with the guy cause I had him on my podcast a while ago and we were talking about like, what does it look like over the next 10 years in the tattoo industry? And you know what the reality is? It's going to be survival of the fittest. Like if you're not bringing your a game, a plus game when it comes to getting out there and getting eyeballs in front of your work and and connecting and making an effort. And here's the thing. Artists are actually great at marketing themselves because they're creative. Yeah. They just haven't poured that energy into creating that creative connection with people because you need to be creative to market well, right? Coca-Cola is not great at marketing. They hire creative people to help them market themselves. And even Coca-Cola markets themselves. I feel like a lot of artists though, you know, like, I don't know if it just, it's a generational thing in, in, a certain group of artists, you know, within a certain age range, you know, like they saw tattooing as a means to just monetize their art, but they're, they treat it too much. Like they forget that you're still kind of in a service industry, Mm. you know, and they treat it too, too much as in like, which I wanted to bring this up in our conversation. I saw this shop that this is the way they're doing things. They pretty much, you know, put the, you know, they put it, they're selling flash online and you can book the flash through a booking system online. You never have to talk to anybody. It's like, Oh, this is the picture. I want to buy that picture. Get it tattooed on me. This is the date that I can book it. It's all straight through, which I think it's very fucking efficient. You know, it's very efficient. Yeah. Very efficient. Is it personable? You know, is it, is there anything, you know, it's like, but it's very efficient, you know, is picking flash off the wall personable anyway, though? Uh, no, but I'm saying this is all happening online. No, you know, I, I understand that. I what think I'm saying is if a walk-in like, comes in and be like, uh, that one. And you just, whoever, whoever happens to be the next walk-in artist in line to do that tattoo. It's more personable than Tinder swiping your flash. Right. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because I like, <laughs> you know, the, it's like, um, we all used to love, I mean, like, fucking, we're going to sound so old, but like just walking through a blockbuster to pick a movie. Mm, Like there was such a fun activity to just do with whoever you were going to watch the movie with, you know, then just sitting next to each other for like 45 minutes, swiping through Netflix that you're not going to pick anything (laughs) because you can't argue on anything at all. 
you know, but it was just like the activity of doing it was more fun. What you're saying right now, really, here's the point of the flash rack in 2023. Yeah. Having the flash rack, first of all, make it easily uh, visible from the front door. Mm -hmm. The whole point of the flash rack is to get someone to come in and look at the flash rack. Yeah. Then you talk them into getting the tattoo, but they, they don't want to use their imagination or maybe they don't have a good visual imagination, but they see the flash rack and like, I'm inspired by this Maybe right now. I'll just, I should get this. I just yeah. peruse a little bit. <laughs> and then you come up. I used to work in, on Christopher Street and, you know, selling bongs and crack pipes in the front of the shop. And people come in and I just walk right up to them and be like, so uh, what tattoo are you getting today? And you'd be like, nah, I'm just here to buy a dick bong or something, you know? <laughs> I was like, cool, cool. So like, uh, like maybe like a dragon with like some flames coming out. I was like, no, no. And I would just fuck with them, you know, but I would create that conversation. And in that moment, they like, they were like, oh, this guy's kind of cool. And like, you know, um, maybe, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about getting fucking Mario with a butt plug. I don't know. But, uh, I've done weird on Christopher street. I did some weird tattoos. Um, <laughs> and you can create, so this is what I want to say about slow season with some practical stuff. You can create that same, not quite the same, but in the same vein that having someone come into your shop, you talk to them and they create that connection. And like, I want to work with this guy. You can create that same experience in social media on Instagram by sharing yourself, sharing what you're interested, sharing what your process looks like, or just getting on there. I know everyone's afraid to show their face. Dude. I think that's the magic thing. You said sharing yourself. Yeah. And it's like, you have to attach yourself to your art yes. nowadays, you have to attach yourself to your art. It can't, yeah. it's like, you can't just hide behind it. You're with it. Otherwise you know? your Instagram becomes the cherry Creek flash crack flash rack. Yeah. And, and they're not talking to a person. They're talking to a flash rack. And then, and now I'm going to say something really wild. All right. You DM them. You just reach out. And here's what you say. You say, hi, Thanks for giving me a follow. Dude, I could hear trigger tattooers right now. I'm supposed to DM if, people. If you, if you have any questions, <laughs> let me know. If not, no worries. Have a great day. That's what you say. Just copy and paste that. They should DM me first. They should DM me first. <laughs> but then, then they're going to see your page, right? They followed you. Maybe they forgot that they followed you because you never follow someone and you're like, wait, what was that page? And you can't find it. Yeah. You know, it happens all the time, right? Their friend told you about their friend told them about your art. They started following you and then they're never going to find you again because the algorithm sucks. You get a follow and you have videos of yourself on your page talking about how you love Dungeons and Dragons or whatever you love, right? Anime, comic books, surfing. And then you DM them two, three days later after they followed you. And they're like, who the fuck is this motherfucker? And then they go to your page and they're like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, he's into whatever the fuck. I'm also, in, that's cool. All of a sudden they're not talking to a flash rack. And that same experience that worked so well when someone walked in the front door of your tattoo shop all of a sudden you're, it's not as potent. It's not as powerful, but you're recreating it. And then you get to recreate it with hundreds or even thousands of people, but it's going to require you putting yourself out there and making that connection. And, and, and when you do, people are intimidated. People are intimidated to reach out to tattooers. They think we're way cooler than we actually are. And they, you know, but the minute you just show them like, Hey, I'm a nice guy. I'm not trying to press it on you, but like, I just want you to know if you have questions, like I'm here all of a sudden you've opened the gate of communication and that's really what marketing is all about. It's about communication. There's automated services that do that for you too. I've looked into them. Uh, yes and no. Um, the ones that go against 
Instagram's, uh, you know, policies, policies. Uh, will get you banned. Um, but there is a company called um, ManyChat yeah. that, uh, and if you've seen some of my content, like you can almost tell like when I'm using it and I'm not ashamed to acknowledge it. Like I will offer free resources, free financial resources, right? Um, and then I'll say, you know, comment if you want this. I'm giving you guys all the secrets right now. And I, uh, no, no, no worry about this because it's it's marketing, it's creating connection. And then you will get a DM from my system, usually with a question, because I want to ask you a question. I don't want to give it to you right away because I want to make sure you actually want to have a conversation with me. I'm happy to give it to you and you can fuck off. We never have to talk again, but I want to create a conversation with you. And so then I DM people, I text, I have conversations in the DMs and, and that's how I market. That's how I grow my coaching business, but we've now had tattooers do the same exact approach. There's a guy, you go to my website, awfuldollar.com, go to testimonials, check out Bud McPherson. Dude's doing another $4,000 a month in practicing these, these strategies and, and a lot of our other content creation and, and other things that we're just showing people. And we, we basically created a daily, a weekly, a monthly system that you can put into place and if one's not working, another one's going to work. And when you break it down into that daily, weekly, monthly approach, you're never confused as to like, oh, how do I get clients? It's like, this is how you get clients. You just do this and you do it over and over again. And a lot of the times people will do the right thing in terms of marketing themselves, but they don't do it enough. They don't follow through. They don't keep doing it because it didn't yeah. work the three times they did it. It didn't work. I'm like, okay, cool. Try 300 times yeah. and then yeah. tell me how much it worked because it's going to work if you do it enough. Yeah. Too many quit too soon. Don't make one, one reel. And they're like, nobody liked it. It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't get enough followers. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I've done that too. I've definitely been guilty of that. That one thing we were talking about with the slide, you put the hook and then the next slide is the video. I, I tried it once and it didn't work. And I was like, oh, I'm not fucked that. I'm not doing anything. Like, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. But I know that it, I haven't done it enough to prove that it doesn't work. And you know what the truth is? I know it works. And I know I just haven't done it enough. Sometimes it's hard to switch your routine. Even if it's something that's not working great, it's working just enough for you to get by that you feel like if I switch it to something else, now it's worse. worse. <laughs> right, right. Man, it's scary. I'm scared, yeah. yeah. You're like, oh man, but it's like- But if it doesn't work, right? I think part of the fear is if it doesn't work, then do I just suck? Like, and then, then you have to face that truth, that honesty, is like, man, like, is my, and I'm not saying your work sucks or not. I'm not, but you kind of have to face that. Like, does my work suck? Am I an asshole? Like what's going, because if I did all the marketing things and my business didn't grow, then that means I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. And I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying that there's kind of a resistance to getting the light of honesty and clarity shined on ourselves and our businesses. And so rather than actually doing the things that could produce the result we want, I'd rather just be like, ah, the tattoo industry saturated. You're ruining the tattoo industry. Oh, John, you're oh. ruining it. And the tattoo industry saturated. And I'm going to go back into my cave. Oh my God. Like the guy, this guy, he had to go be a podcaster so he can get his voice out there because his tattoos weren't cutting him. Like, bro, I'm doing just fine. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I was trying I'm to tell just fine, bro. was that guy trolling you? Was he being serious? Cause like, I just reread that comment again and I couldn't tell if he was praising you for doing more than just showing your tattoos or if he was like dogging you for doing other stuff. Than other stuff. Than I couldn't really understand what his vibe know. was on that. I don't know, but 
thanks for your comment, guy. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> right. Thanks for being here. But thanks a, for the comment, man. Guys, I, I brought up something I had no idea was so controversial, and I'm, I'm almost afraid to mention it on your podcast. It might bring <laughs> uh -oh. shade onto you guys. But again, Ryan's... Ryan's opinions, disclaimer, are not <laughs> shared by the Honest Tattoo or, or members of No Idols Tattoo or anyone in the crew, okay? This is purely Ryan, so you can come hate on me. But guys, I talked about how an artist applied to my studio and they brought a resume with them. And I was like, I, I thought that was a really nice touch. Like, I thought that was like really sweet, more than just a portfolio, just like their background. Yeah, like this is where I've been. Where they had worked, but what they did before tattooing, yeah. college education, oh stuff like that, right? Guys, this deeply offended a lot of people on Instagram. And I, I people got offended by it. Guys, this post, <laughs> so my post, him? my post normally will reach like, you know, like 5% of the people it reaches are outside of my follower group. Yeah. This, the whole thing was just outside my follower group. And it was just like dozens of tattooers <laughs> accusing me of, they're like, oh, get that corporate shit out of here. I'm like, dude, barbers have resumes. Like, painters have resumes like it's not there's nothing corporate about it it was just i thought it was a nice touch i'm not even saying you have to do this like i'm not telling you what you're like oh this guy is crazy enough to do it. it you're getting in trouble <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying i appreciate it and and literally people are like you're ruining the tattoo industry <laughs> you corporate <Okay>. freak <laughs> like damn but damn, you know man. i i get it Did they that, get like, the job did they uh we're, we're gonna try them out yeah okay absolutely yeah, I, I I thought that them bringing a portfolio was a sign of commitment, dedication, and professionalism. And I think those are three qualities that make a great tattoo artist. So try them out, see how it goes. But cool. I, I think thing, little things like that, again, in a day and age where like things are going to get more competitive, it, it could be the little touch that, you know, puts you ahead of someone else that might also be a similar fit. You don't know. Now, if I went to a shop and I someone said they were like, um if someone brought me a resume, I would burn it. And I was like, if I went to a shop and I brought you a resume and you burned it, I would be so grateful because I'd be like, oh, thank God, I don't want to work here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, thank you for doing me the favor of not going through the hellhole of working at this shop. I'm just going to make my way to the door. Thanks. I mean, guys, I, I offer help coaching services to an industry that is a little bit, you know, not, not too like, ready to like admit that they need help. I, we, we notice that a lot. We, we do with a lot of tattooers that are a little bit either in denial or a little bit like, no, I got this, you know, like yeah. I don't need help. And that's fine. I, you don't, no one needs help, but could it be easier? Could it be better? Could you get done? So we, we sell to a community of people that are, I think kind of difficult to sell to. And so it just means that we have to really be like of a level of integrity that, like is it's not easy to maintain and when we fuck up and i do i absolutely do and i have i fucked up with clients have i said one thing and then i was like you know what that could have been done better i do and i make sure to reach out to them right away i own it and it's like it's never a problem and i just think that that level of integrity that level of honesty um because what we're doing is it's not been done before there's no there's no roadmap there's no like oh i can do it like someone else i and building something that doesn't exist. And so I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. And I think that's really, it's hard for me to deal with. It's hard for me to look at what I want to do because I want to help so much more than tattooers. I want to mm -hmm. help the world because you look around the world, the world has a very weird relationship with money. I want to help all those people. I want to change the, the, the landscape of the way we interact with money. And there's no 
book for me to look at and say like, okay, this is that because financial advisors aren't doing it. CPAs aren't doing it. They're not talking about the emotions and the mindset and the perspective, the whole picture. They're just talking about one thing. And I know that I'm going to fuck up and I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm, I will continue to seek out where have I messed up? How could I have done that better? And, and be okay with that. And it, it's hard. I lose sleep sometimes. I think with the, the thing with money, man, it's like with like things change every year, like laws are slightly different. The rules of money just change a little bit and everything's a little bit and it has to get continually adjusted, you know? So each year you're learning a little bit about what changed the year prior, the things that worked, the things that didn't. So I think when you have a system, you have to always like look back of like, oh, how could this be refined? How could totally. Be and systems that worked in one area of my life or one season of my life don't work now. <clears throat> and as my life changes, but I will say, and this is like, if you want to take your financial temperature and just know, like, am I doing it or am I not doing it? You need to know what your savings percentage rate is. If you make a thousand dollars a month and you save a hundred bucks a month consistently at the end of the year, you have $1,200, mm -hmm. right? You don't save it and then <clears throat> spend it. You have a 10% savings rate, which is okay. And that number is the most important number and the return on your investment and what, how well your Bitcoin portfolio is doing. None of that shit really matters. It doesn't matter compared to the amount of energy that comes into your life that stays in your life, grows and accumulates for the future. There's nothing, and that's not <clears> going to change. There's not going to be some economic circumstances, 10, 20, 30, 50, hundred years from now, where the amount of energy, because I view money as a, a store of energy, a, a, a transfer of energy. If you keep exerting energy and then you never accumulate that energy, it, there's no way to get ahead. And that's the most important number, your savings percentage rate. And I'd say 100% of the people I meet with don't know what their savings percentage rate is. So that's the first thing I do is, is talk about that and recognize, because like, think about it, if you increase your savings rate by 10%, and let's just, for ease of use, you make $100,000 a year, right? That is $10,000 a year addition. Over 10 years, that's $100,000. If you were to then invest that money, and see a 10% return, right? I can't do compound math because mm -hmm. human, human beings can't, but that change, that 10% change that you made, that you stayed consistent has the biggest long-term impact on the difference of the rest of your life. And all you did was increase your savings rate by 10%. Yeah, for sure. There's probably not many things that you can do with <clears> your <throat> life besides increasing the percentage of your savings that will have such a profound long-term impact on the rest of your life for sure man when i was like 20 years old and uh i went to go open up a bank account and i met with a financial advisor guy and i was making good money for being like 20 years old and uh <clears throat> i was a personal trainer and uh the financial guy was like dude you're making a lot of money for your age you need to start a savings account and you need to start you know putting towards like retirement at 20 i'm like retirement what are you talking about dude they're like you don't understand. he tried to explain to me like compound interest and i just looked at him like he had three heads yeah and like and i was like put my money where Pff, i don't get it and now you know 20 years later i'm 40 years old i'm like god damn it <laughs> imagine how much money you would have right oh now my god that, yes absolutely because like the that ten thousand dollars when i'm 20 years old Based on like that same $10,000 now, the amount of time to be able to compound itself, that's the problem. It's like time's against me now. So like 
if I would have started then, those 10 grand right now would be so much because they would have been compounding on its own for 40, you know, for 20 years. That would have been sick money at this point in time. And then really when you think about like, okay, you charge however much for your tattoos. What if you could make so much more money on every tattoo you did and you didn't have to charge more? That's what we're talking about here is taking a small percentage of the money that you just worked your ass off for and you don't have to charge your client any more money. You just put that in a compounding account and then you do that over and over again with every tattoo you do. All of a sudden you've made over 10, 20 years, hundreds of thousands of dollars more and you didn't have to raise your price in proportion to the amount of more money that you made. True. Speaking of price, people focus so much on price and what they're not focusing on is value. Oh my God, dude. Yep. You just, I said that the other day because we talked about, somebody sent a question asking about, let's talk about how tattooers are overcharging people. Mm, and I was like- Let's talk about this. And I was like, what do you mean overcharging? Like there's, what do you mean? If they're charging something and people are paying for it and they leave happy, they're not overcharging. As long as the person that- Because the client is present to the value that that artist is offering them. Exactly. And that's it. And like, that's what price is. That could come in so many different packages and yeah. it's, it could be very special to, you know, a, an artist, you know, it could be, they do a freaking like, you know, uh, they burn an incense and do a fucking whole thing. But you're like, it could be as weird as that. But if that person feels really good about it, or this is an all vegan, you know, shop, there's no, you know, meat eaten in these premises. And that person feels like that makes them feel like it's a better environment for them. Yeah then it's worth the money to them. I, I, I tried something out and uh, it's something I, I, so I'm, you know, I told you guys, I was just coming back from an ayahuasca ceremony. I deeply always looking at my relationship with myself, my soul, my spirit. This is something that's really important to me. And I want to do tattoos that are more, I want to do tattoos that remind people of whatever it is that they need to be reminded of on their spiritual path. So, right, like, and tattoos, you know, talking about traditional tattoos, traditionally tattoos are spiritual. Like they are a transfer of energy. They are a prayer. They are um, uh, an, uh, an ideal, a, a symbol. And so I- a ritual tattoo. A ritual, a ritual, yeah. And so I had someone reach out to me, someone I tattooed a long time ago. And, you know, I don't tattoo that often anymore. And she wanted to get tattooed. And I said, look, let's have a conversation. Um, I want to tell you kind of how I'm working these days. And if it's a good fit- then great, we can work together. And if it's not, I'll make I'll point you in the right direction. Said, okay, cool. Up on the call, I said, so I want to do this thing with these tattoos. And rather than do just a quick consultation, I want to do like two hour-long coaching sessions. And I want to talk to you and I want to learn about where you've been, what's brought you to where you are now, and what's going to best serve you moving into the future in your life. And, uh, and then she wanted to get a very small tattoo. Originally, the idea was some sort of like constellation thing. And I said, I'm going to I'm going to create a tattoo based on our conversation. This is a three inch tattoo, right? And the tattoo itself took maybe 20 minutes and whatever is like a dot work kind of design, a flowy kind of, and I charged her a thousand dollars for it. And I told her up front, that's what it was going to be. And I said, if you're not into that, we're going to do two hour sessions before the tattoo. We're going to do a three inch tattoo and it's going to be a minimum of a thousand dollars. And she's like, you know what? That sounds exactly like what I need right now. And I said, you sure, if you're not into it, I'll just point you, I have a lot of good friends. Cause you know, someone I worked with in the past, I probably charged her 200 bucks for the same size tattoo in the past. And I was just very honest about it. I wasn't trying to convince her to work with it. If anything, I was trying to convince her that 
this might not be the right fit for you, but if it is, let's do it. And so in that I conveyed value and she was happy to pay the price. And that's, that's so stop focusing so much on the price, focus on, well, what do you have to offer that can increase the value of what you do? Even something as simple that I think this is a simple thing. Every tattooer can do to increase their value is Look at the onboarding process of every client you work with. How easy is the communication? How quickly do they go from first email to sitting in the seat getting tattooed? Anything you can do to make that process easier for your client, simpler and more streamlined, increases your value. Likewise, anything on the back end after they get tattooed, are you following up with them? Do you give them a nice little care package, right? What are those ways that you can increase the value of what you're offering, not just in the obviously do better work, right? That's always going to increase the value, but there's so many ways to increase that experience. You know, uh, there's one tattooer, I think it was John boy or something. He would like asked the, the client, what do you want to listen to? Let's listen to your music, right? No tattoo shop does that. No, you have to listen to Metallica, but this shop <laughs> is like, I, what do you want to listen? Let's listen to your music. These are ways that you can increase the value if that's what you're looking to do. And I'm not saying you have to do any one of these things, but then you've focused on the value, the price naturally raises itself because you naturally start to get booked out more because it's obvious the value that you offer and then the price follows the value. The, the value, you could almost say you could raise your price, but rarely does the value follow the price. The price naturally follows the value. I think there's, you know, you know, artists right now that listen to all the examples that we're giving and they take them so literally. Mm. Like that is what mm. they're telling. We're like, we're suggesting to do. We're just like, no man, do something that you feel comfortable with. Something right. that don't you, do what I did. Like, you know, don't do exactly. Do what you would do. Yeah. Do what you would do. Just try to use that as just the example of like, Hey man, what is it? What is, how can I connect with my clients more? You know? So it's only going to build a better relationship between you and them. And when you build that, that's when your client leaves and the tattoo becomes more than just the tattoo, right? More than just the design. And that's what people are saying. Oh, you got overcharged for that. Cause if your client, maybe someone asks, maybe she just says it. Oh, I paid a thousand dollars for this tattoo without saying the whole story of everything that happened. Right. Now that friend is like, you paid a thousand dollars for that little tattoo. Like now she's going to be like, oh man, that guy overcharged her. Right. Without knowing the whole story. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I just, I, that was something that I did and it, it it was really, it was authentic. And that's, I think the last, if we could get on any other subject, it's like the topic of authenticity, authenticity, finding what you, is it like in your soul, you know, like, this is just how I want to work. This is how I want my life to feel and look. This is how I want to deal with other people. Not the way you think you should, not trying to impress other people. And I think there's so many people in tattoo just trying to impress the hell out of everyone else. It's yeah. Like, Stop. Stop trying to impress other people. Just really sit down with a journal and ask yourself, like, what is really authentic to me? My expression, my art, my the way I want to deal with people and treat. And like, if you just want to like sit in a shop and like smoke cigarettes and talk shit, and that's your authentic expression, fuck yeah, do it. If it really is your authentic expression, I believe it's going to work fine for you. I think that what doesn't work for people is when they're trying really hard to do something that is just really not their authentic expression. They're the way they're meant to act and function in the world. They're forcing something and they're wondering why it's not working. I think when you do align yourself with that authentic action, I think the universe falls into alignment with you and, and supports you in what you're up to. So do you not subscribe to the fake it till you make it theory? <laughs> 
Um, I don't know that. I think I don't know that they're mutually exclusive. Um, I, I here's the thing. I think that fake it till you make it and imposter syndrome need to be like distinguished because I've definitely done a lot of things or even an early tattooing where I felt like an imposter and you could almost say like, I felt like I was faking it till I made it. But, um, I think I just didn't believe in myself. I think I actually had it I, I, for where I was at, you know, and then you step onto the next tier and you think like, Oh, I don't belong here. This is too good. I've definitely worked at shops where I was like, this is too good, you know, but then I realized, Oh no, actually I, I am deserving of this. Um, so I don't know. It depends. I think it's it depends on the situation, the fake it till you make yeah. it thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think like sometimes like, you know, you have to get in that mentality of like, I'm going to win. I'm already winning, mm. you know? That's not like pl- win the game and then play it. Hmm. I like that. Cause then you're playing the game from a whole different perspective. Right. And then don't get attached. So uh, I can't remember. If I, I say this a lot. Cause it's one of my favorite things I got from working with a coach. The guy said high intention, low attachment. So if my intention is high. I'm going to win the game and then I'm going to play it. But if I play the game and I don't win, honestly, I, I'm, I don't even think you can lose if you play the game that way. Cause you're going to get something. You're going to get something probably better than what you would have gotten. If you play the game from, oh, I think it might be okay. I don't know. You know, like there's a very two guys, two identical twins go to climb a mountain. One of them's like, I'm getting to the top of this motherfucking mountain. No question about it. The other one's like, uh, I'm kind of tired. I hope, yeah. it, I hope it works out. But if the weather gets too bad up there, maybe I'll just, you know, it's like clear. All the only difference between these two people is their mindset. Who's getting to the top of the mountain first. Yeah. And the other mindset, in my opinion, is the one that mo- is more likely to turn around at the first obstacle that shows up. Yeah. You know, like wait, you already have them tell like, oh, this is going to suck. This is going to be bad. This is going to go wrong. As soon as you encounter one obstacle, you're like, you see, I knew it. I'm going to just stop doing this. I'm going to walk away from this. You know, as soon as I walked in today, you're like, dude, you lost some weight. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'll be honest with you. The main thing that shifted was I was working with a mindset coach. I was working with a mindset manifestation coach. His name's Matt Cook, C-O-O-K-E. You can look him up on Instagram. He's got an amazing presence on Instagram. So authentic. So just like, and there's a lot of like people in the world of manifestation that like I don't resonate with. Yeah. I just knew I saw this guy. I was like, I want to work with him. I reached out and I'm so glad I did because I was trying, you know, 2020 having a kid going through separation, like so many building a business that never existed. And, you know, it was like all these things that I've been going through. Like I wasn't, I was neglecting my health and I was trying to lose weight and I was really, and nothing I was doing was really moving the needle. In fact, I was gaining weight. I was like, this sucks. <laughs> like I'm, I'm working out. I'm like trying to eat a little bit better, but like, I'm, how am I gaining weight? And then I, I went and worked with this guy and I, I've lost 30 pounds in about six months. Congrats, man. Thank you. <laughs> but it was, it was my mindset that shifted. That was, and then look, there are there other practical things? Yes. It's not like pure magic. Like I started walking more, but even my motivation to walk more, like I get off the subway, I stop early sometimes. And I'm like, I'll just walk more. Yeah. You know, um, and that's the only exercise I get. Just you know, walk. walking, you, you <laughs> walking from my car to here. That's all yeah. I get. <laughs> walking is probably one of the greatest exercises, you know, walking a mile and running a mile. You actually burn more cal- calories walking a mile than you do running a mile. Yeah. I do that. Uh, <clears throat> 80s moms fast walking too. Yeah. I'm, I'm passing everybody. On the oh, oh yeah. Get out of my way. I'm from New York city. Like get out of my way. I'm crushing you. And oh, Matt, you need to gain 30 pounds. I wish yeah. I could. Oh man. I watched this like video and like ESPN. Manifest it. 
I'll take you a few places. You can <laughs> Have you seen like this, uh, the races of like, it's a walking race. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's nothing funnier than watching those guys race. Walking. It's like, oh my God. So swift. Dude. It's so funny when like, I'm a fast walker. And I'm walking down the streets in New York and I'm usually passing everybody. But every now and then there's also another fast walker <laughs> who's like maybe just ever so slightly slower than me. So like I'll get up to him and now for a little while we're walking fast, but like we're right next to each other. Like, <laughs> I'm walking faster and trying to get you look. Do you look real quick? Oh over? man. Like, oh man. Give him the stink eye. <laughs> You're not faster than me. <laughs> I'll cook you. Oh, man. Right, I literally just saw like a curb your enthusiasm, like Larry David episode of that, of him just giving you the eyebrows, bro. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Shit. Love Larry. Yeah, well, I think that was good. Yeah. We're, I mean, according to this, we're an hour and 10 in. That's correct. Um, anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? No, I just, I just appreciate you guys so much. Cause, um, you know, I, I do own a studio in Greenpoint and, and unfortunately I don't focus on my tattooing or my shop as much as I would like. And I have some good people there that, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful to be able to work with, but the thing I miss the absolute most from tattooing is just hanging out at the shop, shooting the shit, just talking whatever with, with other tattoo artists. Like I miss that. Yeah. I don't get that as much as I used to. I'm actually, I'm tattooing tomorrow. I can't wait. I haven't tattooed in like maybe two months. Wow. Um, yeah, I do like about one tattoo every two months right now. I have for the past Jeez. year. Do you feel like your work suffers from that though? Oh yeah, for sure. Right. There's no way that I can grow in. There's no way it suffers. I don't know. I mean, yes, a hundred percent, but I also am so intentional about the pieces I do accept. I'm so excited about the pieces I accept and it's just changed the process. And, and the truth is I'm more excited about the work I'm doing, coaching clients. We work with people literally in almost every country, every continent, you know, you know, I, I love changing people's lives. I love hearing people tell me they're like, dude, this, this course saved my life. I've heard that multiple times. So, you know, yeah, tattooing has taken a backseat in my life. Um, but when I do get to do it, I'm, I'm never more excited to do a tattoo than when I haven't done a tattoo in two months, you know? That's awesome. I'm, I'm so excited about this piece tomorrow. And it is a deeply spiritual piece. And it's for a, a friend, it's actually someone I've worked with and um, in, in my course. And I'm just super excited to hang out and do sick tats. Whenever I go on vacation and I come back after a week, my first tattoo, I'm always nervous about. I'm like, man, man I'm rusty now. Get the shakes. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely happens. But uh, I, again, I'm not the, I'm not the, I don't render the whole thing beforehand. And I do kind of like get into that flow state pretty quickly where I'm watching my hands do a tattoo. Mm -hmm. I'm just watching, I'm like, that's weird. Like I was gonna shade it this way, but then my hand did that and it like looks better than what I thought it was gonna look like. I just kind of get in the zone. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. All right. So uh how could people find out more about your course and how can they get in touch with you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. That's probably the best place. And it's just Ryan Roy R Y A N R O I T A T T O O. Ryan Roy Tattoo on Instagram. Someone asked me at a I spoke at a convention and he was like, Is that your real last name? Because <laughs> ROI is return on investment, but it's my real last name. It's not <laughs> just co weird coincidence. Um, yeah, Ryan Roy Tattoo on Instagram. Uh, I'm really active on there. Like I said, I I'm talking to as many people as I possibly can. 
I try to help people out whether if, if, if there's something I can do and we can work together fine. But like, honestly, I probably help out for every person I end up working with. I probably help maybe 20 other people with just questions and stuff. People got lots of stuff. So like come to me, I'm approachable. I make it easy. Um, and then I, I was taking all my own like calls. We offer free calls for people that are really serious about like maybe getting some help. Um, I, I can't even take calls right now cause we're just booked out. I mean, we're doing like 50, 60, 70 calls a month. So I do have some other coaches that work with me. Uh, they are so talented. They are incredible. I'm constantly in awe of them. And um, yeah, we're, we, we want to help more than ta the tattoo industry. So if you're listening to this, you're not a tattooer, you're curious. We've worked with real estate agents, physical trainers, um, acupuncturists. I mean, we've worked with so many different people. So if you're looking to really transform your whole relationship to money, to one of freedom and creativity, that's what we do. And so hit me up. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan, for coming through. Thanks. Thank you guys. Hermes was silent as fuck over there. I was just listening. He was like Great. a listener in the flesh right here. <laughs> Fly on the wall. And Matt, always thank you, my bro, for coming through. And you guys, as always, make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram. Please hit the freaking subscribe button on YouTube. And always check out our Patreon. Became a Patreon. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much for tuning in. Peace. Bye, guys. Hooray. Hooray. I, pro I probably should have plugged my podcast, but it's fine. That hit me up on Yeah, Instagram. that would have been good. You can still do it. And we just. I we're still recording. <laughs> it's still oh, rolling. Should yeah. I just. Yeah, you, you know, can just, just do it. I'll edit it. In. Can you edit it? Uh, the, the other thing is, we do have a podcast, The Artful Dollar. Uh, just The Artful Dollar on Apple, Spotify, everything. You can check it out there. Um, we've been getting a ton of great feedback from people who are just telling me they're like listening to every episode. They love it. We talk about more than just uh, tattooing. And I, I interviewed uh, a dominatrix about, oh, about really money nice. and sex workers. I mean, I interviewed other coaches. I interviewed uh, Mike Taylor. He's a pro skateboarder turned private equity investor. You know, I like to have different conversations about money, not your typical normal conversations. So, so how does Honest Tattoo or Crew get to be on your podcast? Oh man, we should do it. Yeah, yeah, do it. absolutely. Uh, let's set it up. I would yeah. love that. Absolutely, It'd be an be honor. Yeah. All right. Cool. Look forward to that, guys. We'll let you know what's well, happening. I'll. I'll. Only if I can do a, a coaching session with you guys. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. On the podcast. Of course. Let's run it. Oh, okay. That's going to be fun. <laughs> no, it's going to be a blast. Actually, you're going to really enjoy this. The Yeah. It's going right. to be good. Awesome. Sweet. Cool. All right, guys. Well, peace. Peace.